Hello and welcome to Bandcast Movie Trash. I'm DB, and with me today is Jared Levin. What's up? And we are recording this without Erin Minogue today, because she is off in Ireland for the holidays. And so, as we mentioned in the trailer episode for this, we are doing this as sort of a bonus to our skateboarding double feature. This is our first, and perhaps only, although I'm not sure um after watching this if it will be our only documentary because it seems like there's a lot of fun stuff to talk about these could be a when they lend themselves to it a good addendum to our double features and uh this dogtown and z boys is obviously the perfect companion piece to lords of dogtown lords of dogtown and then dogtown and z boys lords of dogtown being the fictionalized version of this documentary and at the end of our review of lords of dogtown i had said that if it comes down to lords of dogtown or thrashing watch the documentary dogtown and z boys without having seen it and now having seen it i stand by that statement this was fantastic this is a great documentary i think it's better than Riding Giants, also by Stacey Peralta that I'd mentioned in our trailer episode. I had a blast with this thing. I don't know about you. Yeah, no, I did too, because, you know, we go to that area all the time. Yeah. Especially that hill. I, dude, I was skateboarding with my penny board down it. I didn't know they were using that hill, which still looks the same to this day, you know, minus the Ocean Park Pier. Yeah, and as I uh, mentioned too in our trailer episode, or maybe it was our Lords of Dogtown review, I still have this image of being in the parking lot there, what is it, just south of... Santa Monica Pier, uh, waiting for you because we were meeting there to go surfing and just seeing you fly down the hill with your hair flying in back of you. You're riding your skateboard down the hill. I think you're also carrying your your surfboard. And yeah. Um, yeah, so is that Bicknell Street or is that Bay Street? Is that Bicknell? I think it's Bicknell. But you see me go down Bay Street too, which they also mention. Uh, yeah, so apparently their shop was on the corner of Bay Street in Maine, and I'm like, oh, I must drive past it every time I'm going to Santa Monica Beach to surf. Also, side note, in Lords of Talktown, the movie, they, they, they kind of ignored the Asian characters in the, in, in the actual documentary, which... <laughs> I thought was funny. I am so glad you brought this up because I noted this too. I'm watching this and uh, I am like, this Jeff Ho character seems like a major role. Why was he not a bigger part of Lords of Dogtown? Or was he even in the movie Lords of Dogtown? And I don't think he was. No, he wasn't. (laughs) It's fucking crazy. Neither was the girl, Peggy Oki. Yeah. And uh, Shugo, you know, he was was just as good as uh, Jay... Uh, you know, Tony Alba and uh, Stacey Peralta, but he was just not as uh, well known for some reason. You know, he, he was no, he was not as uh, outspoken. Right. Yeah. Those were all names that I was like, whoa, I don't. Uh... Well, of course, again, my familiarity with these characters comes from a vague awareness of the Bones Brigade when I was younger and then Lords of Dogtown. So, yeah, just coming off of Lords of Dogtown. Okay, it's like Tony Alva, Jay Adams, Stacey Peralta. And then, whoa, there was a there was a girl in there, too. And then there was this Jeff Ho guy. It is kind of... <laughs> I mean, I guess, right, they can't include everybody in that movie. But I think it would have benefited a lot to have the girl. The girl seemed totally cool. And I was, like, really fascinated by that. Yeah. 
And not only that, Jeff Poe was just like a fucking weirdo. <laughs> yeah, he seems so eccentric. And what I was getting from it was that it seemed like they just combined both of those people into Heath Ledger's portrayal of um, Skip. Yeah. Like the real erratic throwing the boards off of the roof. Was that like more like a Jeff Ho thing now, I'm I wondering? That was more of a Jeff Ho thing. Yeah. It doesn't make sense that you wouldn't include the I mean it was is was it not his name on the on the shop? Yeah, it was his name <laughs> on the shop. So what <laughs> happened? Or, you know, we could be thinking, oh, this was a crazy oversight or a stupid decision, or did Jeff Ho just not want to be part of a movie? Yeah, maybe maybe that might have been it. Yeah, uh, which I could totally see, right? And he and yeah. in my opinion, looking at the final product, I would think, well, that was pretty good foresight on his part, right? Because yeah, it seemed like Skip was not as upset about them leaving, but he seemed more bummed out. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like they kind of understood that, hey, we're in no position to pay these kids. Obviously, yeah. these kids are on, on the cusp of making a lot of money. What are they going to stick around just out of some loyalty, but still never make a living out of this great opportunity that was provided to them? Like they understood. And then Hollywood's like, yeah, we don't want Asians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't get that, though, because... Oh, and then there was a um, that one black dude too. Yeah, who was part of the team. <laughs> my my wife pointed that out. She's like, "See, look. I mean, look at that guy. I mean, he looks even more handsome now, older than he did then, compared to all these white dudes who have just aged and they look like old people." Yeah, <laughs> it's this black dude who just ages like gracefully and becomes like a more handsome the further he gets. Yeah, I'm like yeah, that's kind of a <laughs> kind of a bummer for whiteness. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry, man. Melatonin. I came away from this with a newfound respect for Skip in a major way because we were hard, at least I was pretty hard on him from the movie because it was like, you know, and again, we knew it was the character as he's portrayed in here, but why the fuck are you driving customers out of your shop just because they're from yeah. the valley? Uh, or whether or not he did that, it kind of seems like they probably did because they really do stress that this store was... Uh, not your average surf shop, and this was for the people who are really into it or something. Could have been driving people away, but it seemed like yeah. they were probably doing good business. I think there was something mentioned that, or maybe it was in the documentary that, or the movie, that they were producing a lot of boards, but they couldn't like distribute them, and they were always kind of underwater. They could never kind of get above, but they were. It wasn't the quality of their product in any way that drove them out of business. But Skip has some of the greatest lines and insights in this yeah. documentary. I was like, dude, this guy's awesome. Yeah. The first one that jumped out at me was he said that kids took the ruins of the 20th century and made art out of it. That is a fucking awesome and beautiful way to describe skateboarding. And it fits. I think it's accurate, right? They're Are you sure that wasn't Craig Spevick or whatever, the other guy? No, he was good too. Um, but no, this was this was Skip. Like, I was oh, I that was writing Skip? him down. That's so poetic. Now wait, maybe he was quoting or kind of repeating something because I did feel like that was in the opening quote. Hold on, I have the opening quote written down. So the yeah. opening quote, and this is by Craig Stesick, is um, 200 years of American technology has unwittingly created a massive cement playground of unlimited potential, but it was the minds of 11-year-olds that could see that potential. Yeah. 
that was great writing. Yeah, I like that too. And then, you know, of course, later on, you know, him and Stacy helped create the Bones Brigade. Oh, uh, Stesic w- was part of that? Yeah. Too? Okay. Without his, and they, they stress this in the documentary, but without his photography and then write-ups, like it wouldn't have been brought to the the Midwest and the East Coast, all of the skateboarding yeah. stuff. What a good writer, too. Holy shit. Yeah, it was good. And the, the photographs, I think, they, they yeah. are great. I'm not one for sports photography, really, unless it's like, especially like team sports, I don't I don't really get into team sports, but, um, but these kinds of things, like there's just something really, and they talk about it in this documentary too, but you can see the movement in these still photographs and they are just beautiful looking and they're, they're gritty and they're, they have just a a beautiful look to them. I think, yeah, they, they are fantastic. Like that would be a great art installation to go to. And I would not be surprised if they do have some from time to time that tour around with like some of his these photographs and that really brought out skateboarding yeah it really does kind of show that aesthetic you know they really bring that culture to life that kind of appeal yeah and it's great writing yeah like great photography man you know it's like holy shit you know, it's so beautiful, too, you know, because you kind of see the decay of the American dream. Right. And then you kind of see these guys kind of riding out the landscape of it. You know, it's great. Yes. And I love that this is coming out of this class divide and that that is something that is so overlooked in American culture, right? Europeans talk about class divide a lot, but Americans want to ignore it or or evade it as much as possible. Yeah, they don't... We talked about this before, too, where it's like it's completely ignored, but it's definitely seen here, the Venice and Santa Monica divide. Which was shocking to me to hear, oh, south of Wilshire. I was thinking, like, south of what? got to be pico or something but no they were saying well the borders changed now currently it's rose okay of course unfortunately uh venice got gentrified thanks to the tech companies but before you know i talked to kids who grew up there they're like when you pass rose you know you're in venice and rose is doesn't seem like as major a street like that's south of pico yeah it's by that cvs with the creepy clown on it Oh, <laughs> okay. On Maine. Yeah, so so yeah, sort of that same area. But man, south of Wilshire. South of Wilshire now is like, that's kind of like the heart of Santa Monica. That is wealthy. Yeah, kind of spread it out. But even that, oh, do you know about that pier that got, you know, I mean, they, they did talk about it. Walt Disney was originally supposed to like help, but Walt Disney didn't want to be have it in the ocean. So he made Disneyland. So it was like Walt Disney's, uh, it was like Disneyland's main competitor. Oh, really? That pier. And then what happened was when they got rid of the public transportation, uh-huh. LA used to have a really good uh, train car system until they Im- implemented uh, the highways. People stopped showing up to that amusement park. So it started decaying and then it became that crazy surf spot. And seeing Jeff Ho surf in film too was really cool. I love all of the grainy sort of archival footage of the surfing and especially seeing the surfing at that pier. Uh, that's it really 
fascinating to hear that history of like because they I'm, I'm surprised that they didn't mention like why it sort of fell on into disrepair they just say and then it people stopped showing up and i'm like well why before you you know in la you didn't need a car you just ride the train car it would take you the whole city it was like one of the best you know it was a very efficient system so what happened was the tire uh, it was either the tire or the gas companies sued the transit authority they sued for what you know it was getting rid of their business so they made them dismantle the train cars that's why la is the way it is today also decline of the middle class that starts in 1971 so late 60s you know you start seeing the collapse you know that's why dogtown became like this ghetto beach town and then, of course, then they do go into detail about how dangerous it was to be surfing in and amongst the beers with where if you wipe out, you can get impaled on these pylons and shit. And it's just and I love seeing them catching waves and surfing between those pylons like the real thing, not the um, the version that we saw in Lords of Dogtown. But we got real footage of that. Like that was pretty gnarly. Uh, that's so cool that they had actually footage of it. I know. I was surprised. Because, you know, it's harder to film back then. You know, you had to use film. Absolutely. And we're talking about apparently a really poor area. So you wouldn't expect there to be this kind of footage. But there was a decent amount of it and a decent amount of them skateboarding, right? Yeah. Uh, we move out of the surfing part and then get into the skateboarding. But this one did a really good job of illustrating the connection between surfing Surfing. and skateboarding i love that part also man jeff ho great surfer i I think he did contests too because they were frustrated with the commercialization of surfing okay his shapes they talk a lot about the shapes and then the artwork on those boards and how it was reflective of kind of like the graffiti style of dogtown right yeah and even like 50s and kind of hot rods and and that sort of thing and i have noted here i'm like that's insane because that is essentially keanu's board style in point break that swayze's character is mocking and giving him shit about and i'm like but this is essentially like a jeff ho board that is more of a dog am i wrong about that like no, if you remember not. that board so. it kind of was i mean and swayze even says what is like i like a 50s cadillac or something like he even invokes the sort of 50s aesthetic and it's like well that was that was jeff ho's style of boards which would in no way be a bad board it'd be like yeah the, the line <laughs> so more evidence that that was one thing that they missed in point break definitely <laughs> Keanu bought for his first board. He bought a handmade Jeff Ho board. <laughs> yeah, out on the water. Holy shit. Um, with some of these other skip lines in here, I just have like another noted down here because in this connection between the surfing style to the skateboarding style, another thing that he uh, skip said is that the low riding was functional but had a nice aesthetic. Which I love. That's so cool. Because it's so true. Yeah, I mean, they kept showing. I don't know how many times they showed that picture of it. I think it's Jay Adams, you know, going low. I think it's like the cover art for this documentary, going low and sweeping his hand along the pavement, right? 
Yeah. And that's like all that sort of uh, surfing style. And then that one Hawaiian surfer who he said was like the first to be dragging his hand along the wave. Yeah. But he was like doing like cutbacks, you know. This right. Is, you can tell this when, as far as surfing goes, this is like when shortboarding was getting more progressive. Because he was pumping down the line too. God, it looks so good. And I'm like, God damn, those waves are at Venice? They looked so good. I was like, damn. I wanted to surf that here, even though it was dangerous and sketchy. What they were talking about in here with yeah. being a non-local heading out to surf, which Aaron was defending. She was saying, yeah, that's cool. Like You got to earn your spot. <laughs> well, there is one thing that they said that where it made kind of made sense, which is like it's dangerous. And if you don't know what you're doing out here, then you're going to fuck it up for somebody else. But then it was also yeah. a bit like, no, this is our wave. Stay the fuck out of it. And they're throwing glass and cement at <laughs> non-locals. <laughs> but that doesn't happen over at Venice anymore, huh? Not as much. Not as much. I mean, the breakwater, not the pier. Because all those guys are old now. They're laughable. <laughs> they're, they're still living in that era, but everyone's like, dude, because I'll see guy going, he's like, I got the right. He's like shouting about it. I'm like, dude, you're just going to go straight. I mean. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. So it still does get a little territorial over there. Yeah. Interesting. But more so than at Santa Monica, huh? Yeah, definitely. Not not in Santa Monica. Santa Monica's too touristy. It's like mostly yeah. Santa tourists. Yeah. The irony is, you know, where I, we, we've gone out is where that pier used to be. Okay, so yeah, Bay Street and then Bicknell is the street just south of that that runs yes. down. Into, so it's kind of like on the other side of that parking lot. So, okay. And that's right where that, that pier was. Yeah, and now it's like super wealthy hotels right there on the beach. And then, um, yeah, just a lot of tourists. And it's super crowded. One of the things that they were saying when they were going through the transition from clay wheels to urethane wheels was how when you're riding on clay wheels, you know, you're really limited. And then any pebble, you know, is going to just stop the wheel short and, you know, jam it up and throw you off. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure how different that is with the urethane wheel because I remember skateboarding and it was always on urethane wheels and it was the same sort of thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> rocks and pebbles will jam the wheel and you go flying off. Isn't that right? I know. <laughs> so I don't think that's the main difference between clay and urethane. So with the bigger skate wheel... Mm -hmm. especially some of the earlier ones the urethane wheel was bigger so sometimes those cruisier wheels kind of absorb it the shock better okay but yeah no i i was thinking the same thing too i was like i don't know man that still happens and you saw some of the footage you saw them you know you saw jay adams try to do something and you know a little pebble came in and then he got he fell speaking of jay adams how do you feel about what they said about Jay Adams? Because I know you were uh, a little harsh on Jay in our yeah. Lords of Dogtown one. And they, these are obviously, you know, friends of the dude. And I mean, he was like one of those top three guys. I mean, I came away like really. Yeah, he was, was one sad. of the best ones. Yeah. I mean, argu arguably probably the as far as skill and talent, he was, he was probably the best one out of them so upsetting though it's, it's just like, dude it's so, so sad, sad. Yeah. i mean yeah i still feel no no i actually feel more so i'm like hey this guy just flew it i mean when that came out he was in prison yeah you know i understand wanting to stay true to the roots and stuff but i really think he was being a fucking idiot what was kind of touching in here is that he kind of felt that way too 
I mean, it, yeah, in that's so what, many words, kind of cool. Yeah, in his in his very sort of quiet and um, you know reserved way, yeah. uh, you could see it. Like, he's like, yeah, I wish I'd done things uh, differently and and done that. Uh, it was really kind of touching to see then both Stacy Peralta and Tony just kind of sadly saying like, yeah, these things only come. You only get one shot to make something out of it and then it passes you by and you can't it's just unfortunate because yeah both of them kind of said like yeah he was probably the best out of all of us yeah and they were pretty empathetic they're like dude man and then even he says yeah i mean i could have done this better yeah and i gotta say tony alva comes off a lot better in this than he did in lords of dogtown (laughs) i came out it's a dogtown being like this guy's kind of a dick and i get that it's uh, a a movie and it comes off like super cool (laughs) in this and i'm like i like this guy now (laughs) a lot more yeah i know even in 1978 yeah when he was 21 he's like you know i'm 21 you know and i'm already trying to just establish a brand so i can you know get by (laughs) Yeah, so I think some of it just comes down to the then the writing and the actor in Lords of Dogtown that just comes off as kind of abrasive. So Yeah. And what I also liked in this one is they really go into discovering pools. I love the detail about this. Whereas again in Lords of Dogtown it's essentially reduced to a montage. Which like, I think fuck. is a bummer, because I think that's the story. Yeah. Like, my understanding was that this was huge. This was crucial. And this documentary proves that out. Like, yeah, this was big. And this is a great fucking story. I mean, all the things that they could have shown about going up on hill. I didn't realize this. They would go up on hills with binoculars and look down and scan. And then they would have to try to figure out where that was, where they think they saw an empty pool and go find it. Like, that was awesome. Yeah. And then, you know, how they found ways to clean it. Yeah. And then they also just really briefly touched upon um, something that I had thought about when watching Lords of Dogtown is like, holy shit, what is this doing to these people's pools? Like, I don't know much about pool maintenance or owning a pool. Um, And we, even though Aaron isn't with us today, well, she can only tell us about above ground pools. Um, (laughs) When I think of above ground pools, I think of like the kind where as you're walking along the bottom, you feel like the twigs and uh, mounds of grass that this pool is sitting on. I don't know if that's the same kind of above ground pool that Aaron had, but that's what I think of. Yeah, um, it looks like a water tank. <laughs> yeah, that's what they were. Just a, they were thirty uh, percent water and seventy percent urine, is my yeah. understanding. Uh, if it was anything like when I was swimming as a kid, but the damage that skating in a pool would do, and like it would just essentially destroy these people's pools. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, then another thing that I liked about this compared with Lords of Dogtown, well, a lot of it. I mean, this is this is this is just a great movie, but uh, or documentary. Um, they provide a lot more context to that Del Mar skateboard contest, which I yeah. didn't understand. It's almost like another sign of a bad movie. And again, sorry, Lords of Dogtown, is that you have to already know the story to be able to understand what is going on in your movie. Yeah. That is not a good movie. Well, plus they, they skated the pools after the contest in the movie, but they were doing it before it, before they came in. That's right. They reversed the order? Yeah. So they were all bumped out because that's what they've been skating. Wow. I didn't even I didn't even pick up on that, but that's I'm surprised that 
they would allow that to happen because the 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 movie was supposed to be so true to life. Yeah. Huh. That's an excellent point. I wonder if that's something that happened in the editing room as opposed to the script. You know, they maybe shot it with the intention of putting it beforehand, but then for whatever reason, the editing room said, oh, no, we got to put this first to yeah, keep like, the story moving. Ugh. Reduce the role of the Asian people and uh, <laughs> put the montage scene in. Well, re- and re- by reduce, we mean take it down to a zero. Zero. <laughs> yeah. Which is really a bummer. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, going back to them, actually, is this uh, woman, the Asian woman. She seemed like such an awesome character and really interesting. Like, she just seemed like such a cool lady. And then what they said was that she was probably better than the other guys, like, not part of the Z- the Zephyr team, but the yeah. the best guys from the other teams at this Del Mar championship. She was better than any of them, which yeah. I thought was great. And kind of speaking of thrashing now, is Hook's gang modeled in some ways off of the Zephyr team and the Dogtown? I guess it would have to be at yeah. least modeled off of Dogtown. Maybe not Definitely. so much Zephyr, which were competitive skaters, but uh, certainly off of that whole, that's, I guess, what they were sort of being inspired by. But man... They just made it really fucking lame and cheesy and thrashing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I like how Skip looks like a Wall Street guy now. Well, what's interesting is they said at the end there that he is now an actor in West Hollywood. What has he been acting in? I guess I should look that up. Yeah, I don't know why. But he said he owns a, a, a skate and surf company called Santa Monica Airlines, which makes skateboards and surfboards. Okay, I see five credits for him. Oh, shoot. I got four. Uh, okay, well, he's got more as himself in documentaries. There's like a lot of them, but those are himself. These other ones, I don't think we would know any of them. Uh, I believe that. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing. The other thing I wanted to mention, mm-hmm. Jim Muir owns Dogtown Skate Park. Jim Muir's younger brother is the lead singer of uh, Suicidal Tendencies. Oh, right. Yeah, you mentioned that. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. Do you recommend Dogtown and Z-Boys? Yes, because it really does illustrate the connection between skateboarding and how it started out as a fad and then became its own thing. And, you know, and the connection between surfing and skateboarding. It's a good story. Between this and Lords of Dogtown, which do you recommend? Oh, the fucking documentary, hands down. Yeah. All right, because I know you recommended Lords of Dogtown. I was a little disappointed. I did. This movie I would recommend. Yeah, this is a great documentary. I enjoyed this a lot. And it's, I think, another mark against Lords of Dogtown that this movie provides a lot of the context that was not provided in Lords of Dogtown, which was meant to be the dramatization of this story. So, um, this one. No Jeff Ho. (laughs) <laughs> and, and and again, yeah, no Jeff Ho, no none of the these characters. And again, okay, yeah, maybe they're juggling too many characters, and I can see that. I think Lords of Dogtown did juggle too many characters. I mean, they focused on three, but um, let's not get into all the problems with Lords of Dogtown. The 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 point is is that both Jared and I recommend this documentary, and um, we preferred it to Lords of Dogtown, and of course preferred it to Thrashin. But this is a perfect sort of uh wrapping up of our skateboarding uh, double feature. And with that, 
We will be back next week with our trailer episode to our next movie. Um, in the meantime, if you want to find out more about this show and any of our other shows on Game of Thrones or Stranger Things, head on over to Bandcast at Bandcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at Bandcast. You can follow Jared on Instagram at Diraj Novell. That's his name spelled backwards. And Web. thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. We will see you next week. All right.